Okay, so let's get the mood going here. Imagine it. The coffee machine is bubbling and gurgling away in the corner. There's wood in the hearth and I'm really definitely going to either have to get some help or figure out how to do this on my own. Perhaps there's a how-to book somewhere around here. Autumn weather has definitely left the party and winter is on its way. The smell of musty paper and the subtle sweetness of vanilla is in the air and you're gathered with some of your closest friends to talk about your latest find. I'm Ray, and welcome to another episode of Not Before Coffee, The Bookshop, where I talk about my most recent reads and hopefully encourage you to pick up a copy of one of these books. It's time for the Goodreads update. I've actually had a good few hours of reading time over the last couple of weeks. The first week I spent time reading when I wasn't doing a ton of induction exercises, which included reading through health and safety policies and company working from home directives. Last week I was a tiny bit more distracted as I started doing the actual work. And of course I had a brand new TV delivered on Monday. It looks great in the living room and believe it or not, I haven't actually watched loads on it. I haven't had the time. Anyway, this is my Goodreads update, not an excuse, though I really would have liked to add more to my list for the week. I have added just two books. The one I'm going to be talking about today, and one that will possibly get added to a season list at a later date. This means that I am likely going to either need to rush to the finish line for my challenge, which I don't particularly want to do, or be a little more realistic and honest and reduce the challenge down to a more manageable number. As my mum pointed out on Saturday when we were on our train to London, we're in October. How many weeks do you actually think there are left in the year? For some reason I thought there were more than 12. I was very wrong. This week my book is not by a new author, well at least not to me. In fact it's not even a new book. I was going through recommendations from a book group I belong to over on Facebook and several people suggested Cozy Mysteries as a great way to pass some time. I have purchased a few in the past and recently, but then I remembered how much I love a particular series by this particular author and how I had actually originally planned to share one with you right at the beginning of the bookshop project. Having checked through my Kindle, I discovered that I'd actually removed the book to make room for many others, but as with most things in the digital world, it wasn't hard to get it back. Yay, thank goodness for Amazon cloud storage. So this week I am going to be introducing you to The Gentle Murder Mysteries of Mary Chesney Gibbons, also known as M.C. Beaton, and the book that introduced me to one of my favourite unconventional detectives, Agatha Raisin. Yes, this week I am headed to a small village called Carsley in the Cotswolds, where anything from baking to gardening competitions can be murder. Agatha Raisin made her first appearance on the bookshelves back in 1992, and since then there have actually been 32 novels. Many of you will possibly be familiar with the stories of Agatha Raisin through the TV series starring Ashley Jensen, or perhaps the radio plays with Penelope Keith. 
But my first introduction to her was with this book when I was desperately searching for something new to read and I wanted something quick. The lovely thing about these books is that they're not long and involved stories. Okay, take that back, they're not long stories. A lot definitely happens in each one. But today I am going to be looking at Agatha's inaugural adventure, The Quiche of Death. Putting all her eggs in one basket, Agatha Raisin gives up her successful PR firm, sells her London flat, and samples a taste of early retirement in the quiet village of Carsley. Bored, lonely, and used to getting her way, she enters a local baking contest. Surely a blue ribbon for the best quiche will make her the toast of the town. But her recipe for social advancement sours when Judge Cummings Brown not only snubs her entry, but falls over dead. After her quiche's secret ingredient turns out to be poison, she must reveal the unsavoury truth. Agatha has never baked a thing in her life. In fact, she bought her entry ready-made from an upper-crust London quicherie. Grating on the nerves of several Kazi residents, she is soon receiving sinister notes. Has her cheating and meddling landed her in hot water, or are the threats related to the suspicious death? It may mean the difference between egg on her face and a coroner's tag on her toe. For anyone not in the know, and I am going to say that this is anyone who doesn't have my penchant for Hallmark and Akon Star Mysteries, Agatha Raisin could be seen as a bit of a Jessica Fletcher from Murder, She Wrote, or perhaps a younger Miss Marple. After a career in the heart of London as the owner of a very successful PR agency, Agatha has decided that she is going to retire. She's 53. Oh, wow. I wish I could retire at 53. She has been working for decades and wants to take time out. Of course, she doesn't realise that moving to a small village in the Cotswolds is going to be as lonely and isolating as it proves to be. She's an outsider, someone who moved to the village who is incredibly unfamiliar with the sort of life you get being somewhere that is founded on the importance of community, but she desperately wants to fit in. Within a few weeks of moving in, she has found what she believes to be her way to get acceptance, the annual quiche competition. In her head, she has visions of gaining the key to the village, as well as a trophy, positive that this will be the best way to get it. Big problem though, Agatha is about as good in the kitchen as Bridget Jones. Remember her string soup? Having lived in London for the majority of her adult life, she is used to restaurants and takeaways on every single corner and has never baked a single thing in her life, let alone a quiche. I have to be honest here, I haven't actually ever made a quiche either, mostly because the idea of savoury egg custard appeals to me on no level at all, and partly because I am quite badly allergic to eggs. Yeah, okay, that's probably the more logical reason. I'm allergic to eggs. But my wants and likes are irrelevant here. The competition is to make the best quiche, and Agatha, knowing that she has zero skills in the kitchen department, takes a visit to London to a very exclusive quicherie. I personally did not realise such place existed, where she buys a spinach quiche, something that she briefly boasts about being competent in making. Pay attention to this particular brief conversation as it becomes important later on. Purchasing the quiche proves to be a big mistake in more ways than one for poor Agatha, who is so desperate to belong somewhere that she will do just about anything to be accepted. 
it seems that the judge of the quiche competition has his favourites. And despite being aware that the pie she's entered is definitely incredibly good, as they sell for a pretty penny in London, Agatha doesn't win. She's more surprised when she discovers that the prize isn't a trophy at all. <laughs> it's merely a voucher for somewhere. So she is not the winner, is no closer to being accepted, and didn't get any kind of trophy for her troubles. A few days later, and Agatha is now contemplating heading back to London. She can't seem to break down the not-a-local barrier, and she's realised that she misses the active life she had working in PR in London. But alas, that is also a world that the door has been closed on. But that's a whole other story. For now, we get to the murder. As this is a gentle mystery, called cosy because it is neither violent nor vivid, the murder itself is not told in a great amount of detail. The victim eats some quiche that he took home from the competition he judged. He is violently sick and then collapses on the floor and dies. He is not found until a day later by the cleaner who is working her way through the house. He is curled up on the floor behind the sofa in rictus and understandably the cleaner is distressed. Yeah, I, I can kind of see that because I don't know how I would be if I found a dead body that I wasn't expect. Actually, I don't know why I'd be expecting to find a dead body. So if I found a dead body, I would be distressed. I'd probably actually throw up myself, but we don't need to go there. The weirdest thing that no one but Agatha finds weird is that Major Cummings Brown's wife is seemingly undisturbed by the fact that her husband has died. Of course, the more Agatha digs into his life, the stranger things get. It turns out that Cummings Brown was a playboy. Yeah, and when you read the description of this particular character, it's really difficult to understand how he is a playboy, defined by one in any way whatsoever. He has a tendency to prey on single, lonely women who want attention, and not only promise them that he loves them, but also tell them that he has plans to divorce his wife and will marry them. He is charming, friendly, and totally unlike his standoffish partner, who carries the purse and has all the money. So that's probably why he played around a lot. Finally, Agatha has a project. She is sure that this death is not an accident, and nothing, not death threats, accusations from neighbours and total strangers, and definitely not getting the cold shoulder from villagers will persuade her to drop her investigation. It appears that she is irritating a lot of people and the only support she is getting is from Bill Wong, a young police detective who has a tiny bit of a crush on Agatha, partially because she is strong, capable and stubborn, and Sarah Bloxby, the vicar's wife, who is lovely to everyone and takes Agatha under her wing when it becomes clear that their newest resident is like a fish out of water and flailing badly. This isn't to say that Agatha doesn't have support in the form of an ex-underling from the PR agency she used to own. Roy Silver is not actually the most likable character, at least this is how he seems to me in the book. He's incredibly proud of his sexuality, but he thinks nothing of pretending to be something he isn't in order to get promotion at his new firm. He happily takes credit for ideas that Agatha gives him, and partway through, I did start to feel as though he was using her because her house in the Cotswolds was a convenient place to show off how sophisticated he is. 
He also starts to feel that he's too good for certain things that previously he wouldn't have questioned. There are so many things to love about these books, though. The whole series is a lovely study of character development. Agatha is abrasive, and though she comes across as very secure in the person she is, there is still a little bit of her that is blatantly desperate to fit in, and she will do just about anything to make people want to be her friend. She may pretend to be above that desire to belong, but every little action she does, from helping to raise a huge amount of money for the village, to taking part in the baking competition, though we don't need to mention here that she cheated, to participating in a small women's group where she volunteers to take elderly villagers out for the day, and everything in between. It all shows that for the first time in her life, she wants to belong somewhere, and she had been fantasising about moving to a beautiful cottage in the Cotswolds since she was a young child. As is the way with many books like this, the murder is solved, but the police, unwilling to admit that they required any aid whatsoever, mostly because they believed the murder to be an accident, tell Agatha off interfering, ignoring the fact that her determination to solve a crime they believed wasn't one nearly got her killed. And we are left with our happy ever after. You really should read the book to find out the who, the what, the how, and the why. Because I'm not going to give that away. I don't think that it would actually, no, I'm not going to tell you any of that. Because I think you should read it. I think that if you're looking for something relaxing, fun, and light on a weekend, this is a great book to read with a cup of tea or a hot chocolate and some digestive biscuits. It's perfect. As I have already mentioned, Agatha Raisin is not only a wonderful series of books, but also a show that is moving into its fourth season, though it has been slightly delayed by the same thing affecting most entertainment globally. Yay! It was apparently supposed to start filming in March of this year. Though they have quite faithfully adapted some of the stories from the books, there are some massive differences, mostly in the way that the characters are displayed and portrayed on screen. Agatha, for example, is far less harsh and tough. She has some less sharp edges, and though there are moments when it is clear she has been lulled into a false sense of what village life should be, she is far more open and friendly than book Agatha. For me, though, the biggest change is the way that they have depicted Roy Silver. In the books, he is a huge egomaniac. He is completely without humour and he is incredibly unlikable. At least this is my perception. My guess is that Beaton wanted to show that Agatha wasn't missing anything from London when Roy came to visit, that she had lost the mean elements associated with her previous career, and Roy embodied all the bad things that she'd left behind. In the series, he is fun, flighty, light-hearted, and though a tad on the stereotypical homosexual side, he is a character I enjoy seeing on the screen. All shows use poetic license when it comes to translating from book to screen, but when it comes to many of the stories that have so far been adapted in that respect, despite character amends, they have done what I would consider a really good job. And I find the books and the series a really fun way to while away an afternoon or two, especially in the winter when it's windy and rainy. So, here are the questions. Did I enjoy it? Yes. Yes. 
and I am really pleased I have a good few more to read on my Kindle. Though I will probably wait a while because I seriously need to find another new author to get to my 20 new in 2021. There is something so likeable about this type of mystery. It's not explicit gore or incredibly blatantly horrible people. This is the sort of story where you strangely find yourselves rooting for the good guy even before you actually realise who the bad guy is. You'll find people in these characters that you have probably met in your lives, especially if you, like me, come from a small rural village. And you will also probably never want to eat quiche again. Well, possibly. Will I read it again? As I've already mentioned, there are 32 books in this series, with the latest one actually released 11 days ago, if you're listening to this on the 18th of October, at least. So I have a fair few to go before I will get back to the start again. There is a great deal of character development throughout the books, and there are even some additional short stories. Of course, as M.C. Beaton actually passed away in 2019, who knows how many more Agatha books there are? Because I'm not sure about anybody else, but when they start to get to the Ian Fleming, Virginia Andrews or Robert Ludlam treatment, I will definitely be on the hunt for a new type of cosy. Would I recommend it to other readers? If you're a fan of cosy mysteries, you love Miss Marple or perhaps, like me, you grew up watching Murder, She Wrote, then this is the type of book I honestly think you'd love. The murders aren't gruesome, the village isn't a den of iniquity, and though there are definitely affairs, there is nothing explicit about any of it. I'm not going to judge anybody seriously. Some of the stuff I've read, you wouldn't believe. But I like this kind of book when I'm looking for something to relax. It's gentle, probably rather tame when compared with a lot of the books out there right now. But because of that, there is a certain charm to it all. I love them, and if you're looking for a change of pace, then this is definitely it. Give MC Beaton a chance. If, of course, Agatha Raisin isn't your thing, then perhaps you'd prefer her Hamish Macbeth series based in the Scottish town of Loch Du. I am going to be back on Thursday with a review of another romantic comedy, because that seems to be my thing right now. I'm really looking forward to talking about it, as it has proved to be quite a fun watch. I apologise that I wasn't around last week. A combination of starting a new job, catching up on my sleep, and generally just being exhausted, which hasn't been aided by the fact that my B12 injection is so close to due that I can now count the days on my hands rather than using the calendar. I have plans to get back on track this week, so I will see you soon. The last cup has gone in the dishwasher. The closed sign has been turned around. So it's time to end this, another episode of The Bookshop. I hope you enjoyed it and will come back again soon for more. If you like what you hear, why not share it with your friends and family and please post a review or give this show a star rating on Podchaser. No feedback is bad feedback if it's constructive. You can follow me on Twitter at need underscore three underscore mugs, on Instagram at notbeforecoffeepodcast or I've recently been added to Good Pods and you can find me there at Not Before Coffee. I have to go and pick out another book from the shelf for next week and settle down with yet another cup of coffee. Until next time, this is me saying 
farewell.